0: Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Raquel Leia. and um, we were in the last episode talking about the protection of children and how the intent to protect to, to protect children is a righteous in, intent. The beginning and what we did to protect children and, and how this country proceeded and and some of the things you know there's some some horrible parts about um, the country that we, we live in. I don't think there's any country that doesn't have its demons (laughs) in their beginning. And, and, and so how, how do you deal with that? How do you reconcile with that? Um, how, how do you say, I understand why we protect children? That, that, that there's nothing wrong with that I, I think that we need to look at as a as an adult and as a parent what the intent for labor law investigation was what what happened? why did we decide that <clears throat> so in 1417 the country was i don't know I'll use the term of our president a shithole <laughs> Slavery is rampant. Child labor laws are rampant. People are dying and and people are continually running out of the country in order to have a voice about being in the country. And you you just have to do some research and just trust me with that. So. I did a little research just because I'm on I'm on a rant about. U.S. labor laws now and and what came about. And so the first U.S. labor laws were in the early 1900s where there were some um, constitutional mandates to prohibit children from working. We didn't get that until the 1900s. And Congress decided to protect children before they decided to protect women. So figure that one out this this is something that you can't this is something you can't really um, you can't stop from happening you 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 there's some things you just have to reconcile in your heart that it is what it is and now that America has kind of we're the poster children for making sure humanitarian aid and Children all over the country are protected. You know, we now we look into other countries and and try and help them, other African countries and try to help them with their labor laws like Zimbabwe and Congo, you know, Somalia. I know that there's the eastern countries are not so they, they'll protect children before they protect women. Same thing that we did in our beginning, but now we look back and have to say, Ooh, not so good. You know, we, we are the big country that shames other countries into doing right. <laughs> so Afghanistan, uh, Pakistan, they, they have some, some work to do in protecting their children. And so we, we, we assist with that. <clears throat> However, the, you get back into these child labor laws and before, um, America was sanctly and, and be all and what 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 were we doing? And that's what we want to investigate. That's kind of what we want to look at. W- what was going on before child labor laws? It's important that you understand not only your beginning because you always ask for people to see your side of things, right? You say, hey, well, listen to my side. Well, you know, I'm the parent and this is why I did this and this is why I did that. I want you to take a step back and now look at while your state or your country is doing what they're what they're doing. It's always good to look at both sides of things just so that you are informed. You're not giving credence to the other side. You're not telling the other side, "Hey, <clears throat> okay, well fine. You're persecuting me, so I can take it. Let's let's go on." No, that's not what's going on. I'm gonna say in the 17 and the 1800s, <clears throat> and I talked about this in the other episode. I think I, I I resourced for the 1400s though. We were just an industrious country, and we needed people to work. Children had always worked, and from me just doing some investigation, they worked from the hours. I mean, from the ages of 12 to 18 and six to 10 hours a day, six days a week. And we look at that and we say, oh, well, that's bad. Well, that was not bad. That's our culture. That was our country. Just like some countries think that children can get married before the age of such and such and such without their parents' consent. It's their culture. It's their rules. It's their policies. And it's not for us to then be somewhat judgy, like like I said, parenting can be, and then come along and say... Oh, you're wrong <clears throat> we don't want to do that so I think that by the 1900s you had so many parents working and cho- and, and adult I mean so many children working and adults not working and you get into some problems. I think one of the big highlights on children, And how children were exploited in this country is Oliver Twist. If you read Oliver Twist and Charles Dickens, it it gets into a really good right on cruelty and punishment. And I think it embarrassed the country. And it embarrassed the country. Because remember what I said, people would go outside of the country to advocate and talk about stuff that was going on in the country. And you have different poets and writers and and literature uh, exposés that were going on outside of this country. And and people were very critical on how the Americas were handling certain things. And how the United States handled certain things as we got uppity. (laughs) So, back to now how it impacts what's going on for you today. You know what? Hold that thought. Let me take a quick commercial break. And we're back. Thank you so much for listening in. This is Healthy Families First, and I am your host, Dr. Raquel Leia. And we're talking about child labor laws impacting your life today. And how labor laws and family laws and legislation impacts on how you can do some things today. I said uh, before the commercial break that it's important that you understand the history of this country and how it impacts your life and what's going on in your life and the proceedings that take place. This is for your education to help you in a place of healing and recovery to understand the other person's perspective or the bureaucracy of what you're going through and how you choose to parent and your day-to-day decisions on your parenting choices, understand that there are laws out there to protect your children. We talked weeks ago about how um, America, the patrons and citizens that live here, we have this big, um, I'll use the word... We have a right to tell people to mind their own business. That's one of the comforts you get for living in America and having children. You can tell people to mind their own business. And in telling them to mind their own business, when you close the door at your own home, there's a a precept that you can do and a notion that you can do what you want to do. And so we're learning that that is a falsality <laughs> that is not the truth. And where, where there's investigation processes and, and there's subpoenas and all of those things, typically there's a process and time to give you due diligence because you have certain rights and laws that protect you as a parent and a person until you don't. And what we're learning is that these implementations have been in place For centuries, before you got here and decided to do what you decided to do, and the decision has been made that there's a parent-child relationship split, and maybe it has nothing to do with the bureaucracy of court. Doesn't matter. There's still a split and there could be a split because of the judginess of others or because there's been some critical analysis on how you do things or maybe a child made an outcry and say, hey, well, I just don't want to live with this person anymore. I just want to live with the other person. That's their right too. And so now their rights and their impositions are now uh, imposed on your life and it causes some kind of split in how you parent. That's the point. That's the point. And so, one of the things that we, we are discussing is the beginning of these child labor laws and, and what we do to advocate. <clears throat> so, here's your nugget. The advocation of children is based on one bottom line thought. And I can, I can sum it up in one word. yes. I have the golden ticket, I have the lottery ticket. I can sum this up in one word, cruelty. People get outraged when they feel that a child has experienced a level of cruelty. Now that cruelty might come by sexual assault, it may come by harassment, it may come by the child not eating every day, Uh, it may come by neglect, it could come by so many things and the cruelty is, is an action verb and cruelty may not be cruelty. If there's an investigation done and then we talk to a child, for example, one of my children had the propensity propensity to be obese and now she's obese and it's just gone to a place that I hoped that it did not go to. And so when she was younger, we had a dietician and she would go to the doctor once every, every six months. And the doctor would say, Hey, you have got to get a hold of this child's eating. Here's what you need to implement. Here's what you, and I stayed on this child about her eating and she's ticked off at me today. Well, guess what? I got doctor's notes. Okay? I have doctors' notes. You need to go back and pull your own record and file. I wasn't the one that, that said that you needed to see a nutritionalist, your pediatrician was. I wasn't the one that said you needed to be on a diet, your your dietitian was. So I'm getting the flack now. And it could be and the way she tells the story could be a sign of, hey, well, you know, if I want to eat some nacho chips, you're just too hard on me. If I say that I'm hungry, you need to give me more food. Or, or, you know, Mom, I just kind of felt like you weren't treating me well when it came to the food. You were, you know, if anything else wasn't on the plate, you give me a little bit more, but I wanted a lot more. And so why I try to advocate for myself and say, first of all, this was 10 or 15 years ago. (laughs) And then second of all, it wasn't me, sweetie. It was a dietician. It was a pediatrician or it was... That in her mind is me being cruel to her. Is it cruelty? No, it's parenting. If, if I have a 300 pound daughter, you're going to say, oh my God, what's wrong with that parent? That parent looks like she's a size three and this child is like a size 22 and she's only 15. And then that's an objective view of you looking into my life saying I'm cruel to my parent, my child. And my child needs to be on some kind of weight loss program or implementing a weight loss program and a, a whole nother group of people saying, hey, you're really cruel to that child. She wants some nachos. or I th- Hey, I think you should give it to her. Hey, if she wants this, hey, I think you should give it to her. So you have two groups of people and that parent in the middle. And I use that as an example to say that parent child labor laws are based on cruelty. They're based on people saying, is the are these children being treated cruelly? Do are they is the innocence of this of this child on a daily basis being interrupted and someone else advancing on this child being a child?" And because we're based in a country where we're we formulated these ideas from what was going on with corporations being cruel to our children and our children dying, and church groups and labor laws and poets and literature and and, and academia, uh, academics, I don't know how to put it right now, and researchers got together and said, hey, folks are right, we're being cruel to our children, some things have got to change. There's nothing wrong with that. And we have to be careful as parents. And I hope you hear my heart when I say this because we have to stop. Does the outside-looking in believe that you are being cruel in your parenting to your child? That's what you want to look at now. That's why we're having this discussion. My heart for you as a parent is to now put down the emotional standing of your internals. Take an external look at what you're doing. And my question is posed to you. Does someone think you're being cruel? I'm Dr. Raquel Lea. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Healthy Families First.